0: Hi, I'm Walter Lane, and you've tuned in to a sermon podcast from the Netherwood Park Church of Christ in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Thanks for listening. It's December 23rd. It's the eve of Christmas Eve. And I'm imagining for some of you at your houses, the excitement and the anticipation are almost unbearable. as Christmas is almost here. And you know, I, I miss those days. First when I was a child and then when we had young children of our own. Those days when the presents were watched very carefully they were accumulated under the tree and we counted them and we weighed them and we shook them and we speculated about what might be inside and we wondered what Santa Claus might bring us on Christmas morning there was great anticipation there was tremendous excitement it's the eve of Christmas Eve and Christmas is almost here And that's where the nation of Israel was a little over 2,000 years ago, or at least that's where they should have been. Over the last couple of Sundays, Chase has done a beautiful job of showing us that the story of God as he interacts with the nation of Israel is a story that points to and anticipates the appearance of Messiah, the Savior, Emmanuel, God with us. As Chase said, it's, you get to the end of the Old Testament, in many ways it's a cliffhanger. If you're reading it through for the very first time, you would know that God's about to act. You would know that Messiah is coming, but it wouldn't be clear when, and it wouldn't be clear how. So as the Old Testament ends, we go into this period of time where all of Israel and all of creation is waiting. Waiting. And watching, anticipating. When's the Messiah coming? How is God going to choose to work to bring salvation to his people? And then as we open up the New Testament, suddenly it's the eve of Christmas Eve. After this long period of time of waiting and watching and anticipating, the focus is on a couple Who's been waiting for an excruciating long time. Waiting and hoping for a baby. And word comes that a baby is going to be born to this old and childless couple. Zachariah and Elizabeth. They're going to have a son and his name is going to be John. And John's birth signals that the day that has long been anticipated is almost here. It's like the eve Of Christmas Eve. For this baby, John is no ordinary child. Even before he's born, an angel of God said this about John He said, He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from birth. And many of the people of Israel, he will bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And then once John is born, his father Zachariah is moved by the Holy Spirit to say this about his son. says, you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. To give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God. You will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. This child, John... It's a sign that it's about to happen. God is acting. The Messiah is coming. The cliffhanger at the end of the Old Testament, it's about to be resolved. The one prophesied, Emmanuel, God with us is finally coming. It's like the eve of Christmas Eve Christmas is coming. And in short order, Elizabeth's young relative, Mary, miraculously conceives a child by the Holy Spirit. Oh, and this is no ordinary child. Before this child is even conceived, an angel of the Lord tells Mary that her son is to be named Jesus. And that he will be called the Son of the Most High. And that the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. And the wait's almost over. It's almost Christmas Day. And then the day arrives. Luke chapter 2 verse 1. In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea. the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem. And let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. It's Christmas Day, and God has given the world a gift this is no ordinary gift. This is Jesus. This is Messiah. This is Savior. This is Lord. This is the perfect gift that has come. No, this is no ordinary gift. As Chase reminded us last week, Jesus comes as a prophet. But not just any prophet. He he doesn't come and just bring God's word to the world. No, he is the word. He's God's word incarnate. And Jesus comes as a priest, but not just any priest. No, he's the great high priest. The high priest who came to offer the perfect sacrifice for the sins of the world. He's not only the high priest, he's also the sacrifice. He's the perfect lamb of God. And Jesus comes as king. But he's not just any king. He doesn't just bear God's image. He is God in the flesh. He is the king of kings. It's Christmas morning and God's given the perfect gift. So how do you respond to the perfect gift? How do you respond to receiving exactly what you need? And I think that brings us to what I believe are some of the most tragic words written in our Bibles. It takes us to a, a different gospel. It takes us to John's gospel. And John's gospel opens with a very different tone than Luke's gospel. Instead of joy, John's gospel opens with words about a great tragedy. Listen to how John opens his gospel, John 1.1. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but tragically, the darkness has not understood it. Tragically, his own did not receive him. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? It's Christmas morning for the world, and God has given them the perfect gift. And the world doesn't understand the gift. And they didn't recognize the gift, and so they rejected the gift. They rejected Jesus. They rejected Messiah. They rejected the Savior. So how'd that happen? How did they miss the perfect gift? After waiting and anticipating, Jesus' arrival was prophesied. Jesus' arrival was promised. And once Jesus was born, Jesus was pointed to by John, but still he wasn't understood. Still he wasn't recognized. He was still missed why did that happen why did they miss the gift why did they miss the perfect gift Well, there are probably many reasons why they missed recognizing Jesus I believe that for some it was because this gift wasn't wrapped just right for some they couldn't get past Jesus' wrapping he was born in a manger he was a carpenter's son He was from the hick town of Nazareth. He hadn't gone to the best schools. He was surrounded by fishermen and tax collectors and prostitutes. He wasn't wrapped right. So they didn't recognize him because of his wrapping. He wasn't wrapped the way they thought he should be. And for others, they missed the gift because they didn't know themselves well. They didn't know what they really needed. Well, they knew what they wanted. Maybe a military leader or maybe a charismatic political rebel to take Israel back to the glory days of King David and King Solomon. But they didn't recognize Jesus as the perfect gift because they didn't recognize that their true need was for a teacher and for a shepherd and for a servant and for a sacrifice for their sins. And I believe that for others they didn't accept this gift that was offered by God because they didn't know the giver of the gift well enough. I don't know what your families do at Christmas, but now our families do gift swaps at Christmas. Sometimes those are called Yankee swaps. I've also heard them called Grinch Game or Cutthroat Christmas and all kinds of other names. The idea is that everybody brings a wrapped gift of about the same value, but nobody knows who brought what. There are no tags on the gifts. And then all kinds of chaos ensues as people select gifts and steal gifts. It's the same idea as the ladies' ornament exchange. And I'm not going to name any names, uh, but I'll tell you a little bit about my family. It would be much easier to select one of those unwrapped gifts if I knew who the gift was from. Because some people in my family are great gift givers. And then there are the rest of them. (laughs) See, there there are some people that if if they gave the gift, you know it's a good gift. And that's part of the tragedy of not accepting the gift of Jesus. See, even if people didn't have an idea that Jesus was wrapped correctly if Jesus didn't have this impressive wrapping, even if the people didn't recognize their need for Jesus, if they had only known God well enough, they would have known that Jesus was the perfect gift. And they would have known he was the perfect gift because God is the perfect gift giver. They would have known that God loved them so much that he had looked into their hearts and he had given them exactly what they needed. It's easy to be hard on Israel, isn't it? But we can't be too hard on Israel because I suspect that most of us would have had the same issues. We would have had issues with Jesus' wrapping. We would have had issues with not understanding our own true needs. We would have had issues with not knowing God well enough. You see, those issues in many ways are understandable on the other side of the cross. But we're here this morning on this side of the cross. And Jesus' resurrection provides confirmation to us that he was and he is the perfect gift. The resurrection provides confirmation that Jesus was wrapped exactly right, it provides confirmation that he was and is exactly what we need. And what the whole world needs. The resurrection provides confirmation that God loves so perfectly that he is the perfect giver of perfect gifts. In many ways, the resurrection unwrapped the perfect gift. It exposed Jesus for who he is and left no doubt that Jesus was and is Messiah. Messiah. Was and is Savior, was and is Lord. It left no doubt that the Lord has come. It left no doubt that Jesus' arrival was indeed good news of great joy. Well, what about now? We're over two thousand years removed from Jesus' arrival. Is there still good news today? Well, I want you to know that what was true then is true now. Jesus is still good news of great joy. He's still good news. He's still good news because the tragedy of John chapter 1 became the triumph of Acts chapter 2. You remember Acts chapter 2, right? Peter's filled with the Holy Spirit. He gets up in Jerusalem at Pentecost to speak to a crowd. It's shortly after Jesus' resurrection. And he's speaking to a crowd that missed it. They missed the perfect gift. They're the ones who should have recognized Jesus but didn't. They're the ones who should have understood Jesus but didn't. They're the ones who should have joyfully received Jesus, but instead they rejected God's gift. Listen to just a little piece of what Peter told the people, to the people who missed the perfect gift. In Acts chapter 2, verse 36, Peter says, let all of you, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And when the People heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Do you hear what Peter's saying? Peter's saying it's still Christmas Day. He's telling the people in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, and he's telling us here and now, far removed from that day, that it's still Christmas Day. It's still Christmas Day because the perfect gift is still available. That's one of the remarkable things about that gift. It's what makes that gift the perfect gift and God the perfect giver. See, Jesus remains available even for those who missed the gift, even for those who didn't see what was happening when Jesus came. Jesus remains accessible even for those who at one time didn't like his wrapping. He remains available for those who didn't know that he was exactly what they needed. He remains available for those who don't know God well enough, didn't know God well enough to know that he is the giver of perfect gifts. In fact, remarkably, Peter told that crowd and tells us that Jesus remains available as the perfect gift even for those who not only rejected Jesus, but who did their very best to destroy Jesus, destroy him on the cross. And Peter's message is, "It's not too late." His message is, "As long as you have breath, it's never too late to accept the perfect gift of Jesus." And brothers and sisters, that's good news of great joy. It's still Christmas Day. I also want you to know it's still the eve of Christmas Eve. See, the waiting and the watching and the anticipation, the excitement, those things don't go away. They didn't go away when Jesus was born. It doesn't go away when we are reborn. Uh, Yes, Jesus has come. And that is good news of great joy. But Jesus is coming. He's coming again and that too is perfect, perfect good news. Those of us who have recognized Jesus, who have received Jesus, those of us who have received that perfect gift of Jesus, we too look forward with great anticipation, great excitement. We look forward to the day that, as Paul says in First Thessalonians, we look forward to the day that the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command. And with a voice of an archangel and with a trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and listen to the good news. We will be with the Lord forever. That's good news of great joy. It's the eve of Christmas Eve, Jesus is coming. That's good news of great joy. And my prayer for you and my prayer for us is that there will be no tragedies among us. No tragedies. My prayer is that none of us will let go of that perfect gift of Jesus Christ. My prayer is that we will treasure that gift. We will guard that gift. My prayer is that we won't put any other gift in his place, in the place of Jesus. My prayer is that we'll remember Jesus' word. We'll be people who keep watch and people who are ready because none of us know the day or the hour that he will return. It's the eve of Christmas eve. So my prayer is that we will all urgently wait and watch and joyfully anticipate his return. Because the perfect gift has come and the perfect gift is coming. Our Jesus isn't through giving gifts. Let us not miss the perfect gift. Let's pray together. Father, you have blessed us so richly. You've given us exactly what we need. And Father, we confess to you that we don't always accept that gift in the way that we should. Father, help us to be people who have great joy in the coming of Jesus Christ and great joy in the knowledge that he's coming again so that we can join him forever in eternity. Father, we thank you for that baby who came long ago. We thank you for the man who walked on this earth. We thank you for the perfect sacrifice who went to the cross. We thank you, Father, for the Christ who was resurrected from the dead. Father, we thank you for Jesus who lives now and is with you. And, Father, we thank you that he's coming again. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. I want to give you uncomfortable challenge number 47. I challenge you this Christmas morning before you do anything else, stop and give thanks to God. Give thanks to God for Jesus who has come and is coming. Give God thanks for the perfect gift for he has come and he is coming and that is good news of great joy. Let's stand and sing of our joy. You're like a shepherd.